Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. Well, let's talk about volatility because that's what everyone else is talking about. And if you look at the volatility index or the VIX index, it's now at a reading of under 17 and it's got some folks concerned. It has not traded this low since the candle turned to 2022. So that's a pretty long time. So should we go of the old Wall Street adage that we should never short a down market or should be suspicious of a market that's not had such a low reading when it comes to volatility in more than a year. Let's check in with Brian Arcees. He is the Portfolio Manager and Equity Analyst for Ford Asset Management. Morning, Brian. How are you doing today? Good morning, Brian. Well, how are you? I'm doing great. Hope you are also keeping safe and well. Now, let's talk about what's happening in the markets right now. How do you make sense of this current environment when you've got low volatility when there are so many things to worry about, inflation, a potential US recession around the corner, a credit crunch, especially from the fall of SVB and what could be coming. Now, we've got so many worries, yet you've got low volatility. What's going on here, Brian? I think that one really needs to try to do their best to keep a calm head in these types of environments. So some of the market reactions are sensible in that equities as an asset class or a reasonably good hedge against inflation over the long term. And as you mentioned, right, investors are worried about inflation. But you do have to balance that. Also, as you were chatting about, I mean, interest rates continuing to go up, a potential recession in our base case at some point in the relative near term. And with that as a backdrop, despite equities being a good hedge against inflation, they're also quite expensive. And I think that's really what the market is trying to figure out at the moment. I mean, how best to allocate assets. Yeah, so that's a good point, right? Are they expensive or could it get more expensive? Or with the earnings season underway, will the commentary steer the direction towards uh, more clarity? So if you look at earnings season coming through, so far we've got banks reporting, you've got some signs of um, consumer strength, but it's overall... Uh, mixed signals. What do you take away from some of the numbers you've been seeing as well as some of the projections some of these companies have been putting forth? Yeah, so I think that the companies have been uh, relatively prudent in giving guidance going forward. I mean, they're also facing inflationary pressures themselves. They're seeing rates increase, and I think they're starting to see, despite strong growth from kind of the consumer, strength in the consumer continuing they are starting to guide more conservatively, which we think is sensible. We've been chatting about for quite some time. We do think that earnings in the U.S. will start to roll over, not necessarily in a massive way. I think we need to, the the most recent recessions that investors have experienced, or at least the ones top of mind, would be a GFC-type recession. Uh, And that's obviously quite impactful. We're expecting a recession, but nothing uh, in the way of a GFC. Even if you have a 5 or 10% profit correction, Uh, In our minds, equities are not pricing in anything like that, so are still quite expensive. And you're seeing companies in most recent earnings starting to guide more conservatively. So we think that will proceed kind of this earnings slowdown, which we expect sometime during during the second half of the year to more materially take hold. Yeah, that kind of lends to the narrative that we could see more pressure on margins for many of these companies with you no know, costs of labor continuing to be tough with the labor market as it is, and also expenses going up. Is that something we should expect in the coming quarters, the margin pressures? 
Absolutely, Ryan. And, and really, I mean, if you look back over the past 10 to 15 years, really, as globalization has fully worked its way through nearly all global economies, the share of the profit pool, so the benefits of that globalization have really accrued almost entirely to the owners of capital, uh, to shareholders, for example, and not to labor. So in the U.S., we haven't seen real wages rise other than more recently for quite a long time. So that pendulum has started to shift, which is probably a positive for the rebalance of the economy. Um, But that will be a headwind to margins. And that type of headwind isn't something we will start to see it in the coming quarters. Mm. But that's something that also takes quite a number of years to play out. So we we think that that shift in uh, profit pie will start to kind of slowly shift back towards labor uh, and away from the owners of capital. Yeah, Brian, let's talk about what markets are pricing in and bringing China into the equation. So we've got... Yesterday, some numbers coming forth, and the big one, of course, was the first quarter GDP data that came in at 4.5%. That was above the consensus forecast of 4%. So in some sense, it does seem like it was better than expected, and maybe markets should be pricing in a bigger rebound from China. Is that the best or right way to look at this? Yeah, I think that there was something in the China data yesterday for everyone. But certainly the consumer rebound in China, uh, which has been leading this this growth in GDP rebound, was quite strong. So as you mentioned, I mean, the data did come in ahead of expectations. Um, but if you look at industrial production, well, it grew, grew slightly slower than that. And private investment grew only 60 basis points. So it's really a mixed of data at this point. But the consumer, as one would expect, coming out of COVID lockdowns has rebounded quite strongly. Um, but in our minds, the government will continue to stimulate to, to try to get moving more rapidly the pieces of the economy that are lagging that consumer recovery. Yep. And we are talking with Brian Arcees. He is the portfolio manager and equity analyst for Ford Asset Management. Now, Brian, you've been tracking markets for many years. And of course, these years have been quite different. We've been breaking away from convention in many ways. For example, central banks now are uh, hiking rates and trying to engineer a recession of sorts, especially the Federal Reserve. So with that in mind, what does that mean for the 60-40 portfolio? You've got some corners of the market saying, hey, that's starting to be irrelevant. We've got to start figuring out a new way to advise our investors. You know, BlackRock is one of them. What's your take on the 60-40 portfolio right now? We would certainly be in that camp as well. I mean, we have never, uh, we've never really fully adhered to the 60-40 benchmark in managing our multi-asset portfolios. Really, we've always been of the view that you need to be flexible, be unconstrained in your portfolio construction. And last year was really the biggest, where you could see that most visibly, uh, with obviously a 60-40 underperforming so mm. significantly, but really the forced construction to a 60-40 that forced investors to remain invested in credit it in particular in the face of rising rates and rising inflation, um, when in in uh, fundamental sense, you would want to have zero weight. So going forward, we don't think one should have zero weight in credit, though it may have been sensible at the beginning of last year, but still one needs to be quite reasonable in how they allocate their assets going forward. So we wouldn't suggest investors sort of blindly follow the 60-40, but really do the underlying fundamental work and build a portfolio that is sensible and that may require more flexibility and 
dynamism as we move through the quarters over the next handful of years. All right, I guess that ties into the next question, Brian. Where do you think we should be allocating your resources to these days? Yeah, so for us, equities are still the largest asset class in our portfolio, though we are uh, hedged. So 60 to 65% of our portfolio is invested in equities. Within that, however, we are tilted uh, more heavily to sectors that would be strong inflation hedges or that would have significant stability in earnings in a recession, which obviously, as we've chatted, is in our base case. So that would be sectors like healthcare, for example, or like energy or materials. We do have fixed income securities or credit in the portfolio, and we've increased that from virtually zero at the beginning of last year to 10 to 12 percent today. And I can see that moving kind of higher over time. And then we also have I mean, the, the, the next and, and final largest biggest asset class would be cash. And that's really there to take advantage of opportunity. I mean, we do expect volatility to increase, notwithstanding the VIX at 17, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. And with that volatility, obviously, a lot of opportunity is created and, and investors would need to have cash available to take advantage of that. All right. That's a great overview. Michelle and Brian Arcees, he is the Portfolio Manager and Equity Analyst for Ford Asset Management. Brian, always great chatting with you and we'll catch up again with you soon. Sounds great. Thank you, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.